done an awesome job. But on these nights where we come together and we have these uh, parent baby dedications, I always want to just stop and for us just to talk together about some things specifically. And I want you to open your Bibles tonight to Exodus chapter number two. And Exodus chapter number two, and just quick devotion tonight. Exodus chapter number two, and we're going to read verses one through ten. And then I just want to uh, remind us of a few things, encourage you uh, in the Lord for just a minute. Of course, when we approach the book of Exodus in chapter number 1, if you know your Bible, there's some uh, major stuff going on here. Um, We're basically Moses, uh, the the whole story of Moses is beginning. Uh, The children of Israel are under some major bondage. um, And Pharaoh basically says, hey, we're going to kill Um, all the male children. And uh, let's just dive in. Let's read chapter 2. Let's start in chapter number 1. Look at verse um, number 17 real quickly. It says, But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men and children of life. Then verse number 22, chapter number 1, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born shall ye cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Pharaoh was worried about uh, the reproduction of the children of Israel and for them, their numbers swelling and them being overtaken in Egypt. So he's trying to do some population management here. He doesn't want to have uh, them, them overtake them. And look at chapter number two, and this is the message tonight, verses one through ten. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took the wife, a daughter of Levi. And and we, of course, we know that's Amram and Jochebed, verse uh, number two. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. So the baby's born, and she knows that the king of Egypt, man, he's trying to wipe out all the boys. Can could you imagine as a mom having a boy, and the government says, hey, if you have boy, if you have a boy, they're going to die. I mean, I can't imagine as a parent facing something like that. But that's what's happening here, verse three. And when she could not longer hide him, she took him for an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. So she builds a little boat and she puts her baby in it. And I don't know about you, but could you imagine as a parent having to do that? I mean, having to hide your child like that because of death. In verse 4, And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. When she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. When she had opened it, she saw the child. Behold, the babe wept. This baby's crying. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of thy Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter and became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. A familiar passage to us, of course, the birth of Moses. He was born, by the way, in some dark days, wasn't he? In some days when these young young kids, these boys that were born, were literally being slaughtered by the government. Man, that's a scary thing to think about. Some dark days to raise a child. Some dark days 
to have a baby. Would you all agree with that? I mean, that's pretty, you're, you would almost be praying. I know, you know, when you do the gender reveal that it's a girl, okay? Um, because if it's a boy, man, it, it's not good. Man, it's a dark time. Man, he was born, verse number two says, as a goodly child. Man, God had already had a plan for that baby. Verse number 3 and 4, we see the faith of his mother, which she's even mentioned if you study your Bible in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 23. Man, by faith when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. This is one of those times we understand Romans chapter number 13 says we are to submit to government until government goes outside of what God says. And this is one of those times where, man, we can stand against the government. We can do what God has called us to do do as a parent. And man, the faith of his mother saying, you know what, I may not be able to keep him in my house because if they find out that I have him, he's going to be dead. But I'm praying that God would, would help him to survive in these dark days. I'm praying that God, and by the way, let me just say this in, in the midst of this, God is always at work behind the scenes, even in dark days, even when there's problems, even when there's issues, even when the world seems like it's lost its mind. And let me just say this, we look at our government, we look at things going on in this world, and it feels like it's bad. It feels like they've lost minds. Can I say this? Since the fall of man in Genesis chapter number three, it's always been bad. Sometimes we'll think we live in the worst days. Let me just say this. It's always been bad. Sometimes we, 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 we always like to, we got to go, you ever heard somebody that's always talking about the good old days? You know why the good old days are so good? Because we remember the good of the good old days. There's always been bad stuff going on. Now I understand we've progressed here and we've regressed here in our country. But since the fall of man, it's been so bad that in Genesis chapter number 6, God killed everybody but one family. It's always been bad. There's always been sin. There's always been dark days. This world has never been a Christian world. We act like this world has always been Christian. It hasn't been. Man, there's been corruption, there's been problems, there's been dark days, man, there's been abuse, there's been issues. Now it's just, I think it was Adrian Rogers said that sin used to creep down the back alley and now it flaunts itself. And we understand that it's more vocal and it's more out there and we're living in some nutty times. We're living in some crazy times. We're living in times right now where they're not necessarily uh, killing all the male children, but our children, make no mistake, they are under attack in the world that we live in and sin is in front of them in ways that it wasn't necessarily when we were younger, with the, with the cell phones and with social media and with, with the way that the internet is. Man, we're living in some times, y'all listen to me, that our kids are seeing. For us to have pornography as a 10 and 11 year old, if you're my age, that would have been insane in our day. That's the norm in the day that we live in. We're living in some dark days. We're living in some hard times. And I'm thankful that even here God used, uh, God used an Egyptian woman, Pharaoh's daughter, I mean, God used a woman like that even to adopt Moses and to take care of Moses and to protect Moses and to do some awesome, I mean, really an awesome story because Moses would be that one that would lead the children out, the children of Israel out of that bondage and out of Egypt. God, through His sovereignty, used a terrible situation to do some great things. And let me just say this tonight. I believe God, in the day that we live in, in a terrible situation, can use the next generation and can use our kids to do some great things in this world. I don't believe, y'all listen to me, I don't believe God's done in this world yet. 
And I believe as long as there's breath in our lungs and as long as the church doors are open, hey, we've got to be realizing that there's a generation that's coming behind us and we can't just beat them up all the time. We can't just be mad at them all the time. We've got to invest in them. We've got to love them. We've got to encourage them because God is not done yet. I just believe tonight that God can use the young people in our church and the young people in this country to see a move of God like we've never seen before. But listen, it's going to start with us as a church and with us as parents remembering some things in these dark days. And I just want to remind us of three things just simply tonight that I hope as a church and as parents, if you're a parent here, I want you to listen to me if you've got little ones. Because just like Moses was born in some dark days, the stuff that we're seeing, man, it's, it's wild. And it's dark. And it may seem like there's no hope. But i got news for you. There still is hope. God, y'all understand this, and I think sometimes we forget this. Nothing that's happening in this world is surprising God. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. And this is hard to wrap our minds around. There's nothing in this world that God does not decree or allow. He's in control. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's sovereign. Listen, he, he's not surprised about what's going on. By the way, sometimes we'll base what we believe about the Bible on America. You understand America would be wiped out and this show could go on? <laughs> We've so Americanized our religion and we look at our Bible through our Eastern eyes. We think that America America's what the end times and eschatology is based on. Y- y'all better understand it ain't based on us. It's based on the Israel. We could be, listen, this place could blow up. We could be, com- this place could disappear. And it could still go on. So what are we to do in these dark days? Man, what are we supposed to do? And the first thing that I would just say is this. Kind of what uh, we, we see about Moses' parents. They had to do what they could do. And let me just say this to you if you're a parent tonight. Is be a faithful parent in these dark days. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Psalm 127 verse 3 says this. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of his womb is their reward. Can I just say this? If God has blessed you with children, that is a gift from God. There are no accidents when it comes to God. There's no mistakes. You've heard that. Well, we made a mistake and we had this baby. And you know, you may have went down a road you shouldn't have went, but once that baby's born, can I just say that was a gift from God in your life? And listen, that is the listen. It's just one of those things. It's, it, it's we are to be stewards of those children that God's given us. John, uh, third John one four says this: I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Ephesians six four: And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Let me just say this as kindly as I can. Your children need to be in church. There's nothing more important the life of your family than the house of God. And I know this isn't popular today, and you may be mad at me, and that's okay, because I, I think you know my heart in this. We used to live in the days where Church took priority in our families. And church took priority in our lives. And when the church doors, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Most of y'all have heard that a thousand times. It's not funny to you anymore. It's still funny to me. <laughs> Listen, there was a day when, when, the, when the doors were open in the house of God. Guess where we were? 
We were there. Let me just say this. You may say, oh, well, and I understand. There's nowhere in the Bible it says you need to be in church three times a week. I'm not a legalist on that matter. But I'll say this. It's not going to hurt your babies having them here. It's not going to hurt them hearing the worship. It's not going to hurt them hearing the preaching. It's not going to hurt them sitting in Awana in discipleship class. It's not going to hurt them sitting in a Wednesday night class. Listen, they are bombarded. If y'all don't realize this, sometimes we think our kids aren't hearing stuff and seeing stuff. I'm, let me say this as kindly as I can. Your head is in the sand. They're being bombarded every day. There's agendas that's being pressed on them. There's things that today are acceptable in our culture that have never been acceptable uh, verbally and physically and in front of them every day. If they're on social media, they are getting bombarded by a bunch of trash. Sex is in front of them every single day. But can I just tell you this? We struggled bad enough without all that mess. Without TikTok and without Instagram and without all these videos of, of, of scantily clad, I'm not trying to be funny. We didn't have that stuff in front of us like it is today. Our kids are facing some things that we didn't have to face. And let me just say, we need to be parents, listen, that are faithful in these dark days. Parents, can I just tell you this? It's okay to use a word that, that they use. No. I can promise you one of the first words they're going to say to you. Trust me, and you may say, oh, not my kid. Gag a maggot, your head's already in the sand. One of the first words that they say, after, of course, in my family, Caitlin's first words were dada. Huh? And her second word, maybe her first word, was like yours was, no. Or mine. Can I just, dads, moms, especially dads, and I'm not trying to be mean, I just... Sometimes we just need to have these talks. Some of us need to put our big boy britches on, be the leader that God's called us to be in the home, and say, no, you ain't walking out of the house like that. You ain't going there. You ain't hanging out with them. You ain't watching that. You turn that trash off. You don't listen to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded. But, you know, there's something, there's a line somewhere. And when they're putting, they're pushing an agenda on our kids. You understand that? From the public school system all the way to everything they're watching right now. And y'all can, you can laugh at this. I'm just telling you what's happening right now. They're pushing a bunch of trash on our kids. Listen, and if we don't stand up as a church and as parents and say that's not right. And listen, we're not mad at those people. We don't hate those people. But as far as our house goes, we're serving the Lord. We can stand here. We can do no other. We're not going to be mean about it. But for our family, we're not buying into that trash. We're not letting it in here. That agenda that's being pushed, those things that are being pushed. Listen, we're going to believe as a family, we're going to be faithful that the only way sex is acceptable is within marriage between heterosexual man and woman. Outside of that, in any way, it's a sin and it's, it's displeasing to the Lord. Listen, we've got we've to take a stand, guys. And, and we're a church that preaches grace and preaches love and preaches, re, re, listen, but we're a church that preaches repentance and preaches truth. And parents, can I just say this? In these dark days, don't feel bad about saying no. Don't feel bad about saying you're not going there. Don't feel, hey, we live in the days anymore where little Johnny and Susie determine everything for our lives. Could you imagine that with our parents? I remember the days, and I know this isn't general parenting. Brother Jason, you remember these days. You don't speak unless you're spoken to. I still remember the days where when you talked to an adult, you said, yes, sir, and you said, no, sir, and you said, yes, ma'am, and you said, no, ma'am. By the way, in our house, we still believe that. We live in a world with no respect. 
No respect for anything. We have an absence of parents. We have an absence of authority. We have an absence of leadership. And all I'm saying is this, parents, as believers, if we don't take a stand, if we don't lead in the right way, who is going to? Dad, if you don't lead your family, somebody's going to. Dad, if you don't love your family, somebody's going to. Dad, let me ask you this, if you don't pray for your family, who's going to? If you don't pray for your babies outside of these workers here at the church and our staff, who's going to lift them up before God? This is all I'm trying to encourage you to. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to encourage you to do this. Be a faithful parent in a dark day. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be thine heart. Listen. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and thou risest up. He's specifically talking about that deliverance. He wanted to remind them of what God had done in their lives. Part of the conversation that you and I should be having with our kids is about the things of God and what He's done in our lives. Parents, I just want to encourage you tonight be faithful in a dark day. Secondly, this is an important one. You never know the influence you may have on a child. You may never know the influence you may have on young people. One of the things that I try to do the best that I can, and I mean this in my heart, sincere in this, is that our young men and boys in this church, I want them to know that their preacher and their church loves them. We're cheering them on. and We're not mad at them. I mean, there's, there's young men right now that I, I pray for every day that aren't sitting in here, and they're, they're out in the world a little bit, and I'm not mad at them. I'm praying for them because I believe God can get a hold of them. And I believe God can make a difference. And I believe that text message or that prayer or that phone call can make a difference in their lives. You never know the influence, ladies, that you could have over some of these girls around here that may not have a mom in their house or some of these boys that may not have a dad in their house and they just need somebody to look up to that they can influence. Parents, you don't understand the influence that you can have on your children. My parents were hard, man. Just being honest, my parents were very hard on me. They were very strict. And I didn't like it then, but I wake up today, and you know what? I thank God for every moment of it now. I'm not recovering from nothing. I don't have any daddy issues, and that's a cop-out, by the way. I thank God for a hard dad with a backbone to stand up to me. That didn't cause me any issues. I'm just being honest with you. It's what helped me, it just helped me get my life straightened out, helped get my life right. Thank God that I had him. It's, Proverbs says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. By the way, the very next verse, if you study your Bible, talks about financial blessing and success. If we don't train our children, who's going to? If we don't teach them, who's going to? School system? Somebody else? You see, what some of us do is we, we, we pawn it off on the Christian school. We pawn it off on the youth pastor. We pawn it off on everybody else. Those are good supplements to moms and dads, you pastoring and you leading your home and you trading your home. Listen, you don't know the influence you could have on it. Exodus 13, 14, let me read this. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in the time to come, saying, What is this? Thou shalt say to him, By the strength and the hand of the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. Saying this, we need to remind our kids that we've been saved. Have you ever even talked to your kids about it? Not how good God's been to you. Listen to this one, Joshua. We've been talking about this. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, Y'all remember this? Somebody preached on this the other night. What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over the Jordan on dry land. 
Psalm 145.4. One generation shall praise thy works to another and, and shall declare thy mighty acts. This, this is what he's saying here. Our influence about what God's done in our life. Some of us, it's been a long time since we've just testified, since we've just talked about. It's been a long time since we've told our kids what God's done in the past. That's what these verses are talking about. That memorial that Joshua had set up. The psalmist saying, listen, these are the things that God had done. Deuteronomy saying, God brought us over on dry ground. Can I just tell you something? One of the conversations we ought to have with our young people and with our kids is that man is what God's done in our lives in the past some of us right now could stand up and testify how God has done miracle after miracle after miracle in our lives but yet we've never shared it with our children you remember those times when you didn't know how you're going to pay those bills huh we forget sometimes Hey, you remember those times when you didn't know how your mouth was going to be fed. You remember those times when you cried tears and you were going through the valley and you didn't know how you were going to make it another day. But right on time, y'all listen to me, what happened? God showed up. Hey, our young men need to hear that God is still at work and God still changes lives and God's not done yet. He did a great work then, but just like we sing all the time, we serve the same God and He can do a great work now. Our children, our young people need to hear about the days. I remember even with our church. Some of you don't remember because most of you are new. But for Jeremy, I remember the days when we would come in here as a leadership team. When this place was half empty and we'd get around this altar. And we'd beg God just to do something. Oh God, if we could just reach one more. And oh God, if there'd just be 200 people here. Hey, our kids need to hear about the miracles which God has done. Hey, I remember the night when I was on the phone with Belle Brown. And one of the prayers that Belle had as a little girl is, Oh God, send some kids my age to our church and I'm about to have a fit and I'm about to shout because God answered that prayer of that little girl in this church. Oh God, send just another person. Oh my goodness somebody better help me preach tonight. Listen, see we forget so often what God's doing and what God's done and our children need to hear about the goodness of God. And about the praises of God. If we're not careful, we'll come in every week and we'll take for granted the fact that that basement's packed and that building's packed. Why don't you ask Belle sometime? I remember Jeremy talking on the phone to her and she was so excited because, man, there was finally going to be a girl her age in our church. You see, sometimes y'all wonder why I stand up and I lift my hands and why there's tears running down my face and why I'm clapping and why I'm fired up. It's because I remember the days when we went into the presence of God and said, oh God, just one more. Oh God, just, man, I, let's, never, let's never forget to share those testimonies with our children about what God's done. He's been so good to us. Oh my goodness, he's blessed us. Oh my goodness, he's done, if he never sends another person to our church, he's done one of the greatest miracles inside of heaven right here on the old dead end road. I want our kids to hear about it. I want our kids to see it. Some of y'all remember, and if we're not careful, we'll get over it. But no, we need to say, hey kids, this is what these stones mean. Hey kids, this is the reason we're excited. Hey kids, this is the reason why we praise and why we sing and why we lift our hands in praise. It's because when we couldn't do it and we didn't know what was going to be done, oh God came through one more time in our life. He's done so much in our lives, hasn't he? When's the last time you just shared that with your kids? I mean, I remember, Sarah. I remember we had nothing. I remember those days. And I remember when we couldn't go out to eat. We shouldn't now. Somebody help me. I mean, I remember those days, and I've shared this with you. I remember when we first started in ministry. Man, we didn't have nothing. Caitlin's bedroom was our walk-in closet. Man, we were eating beans and rice. And ramen noodles, praise God. And if we made a little, if I could go preach somewhere that week, we could afford some Frank's hot sauce to put in there. But you know, God's been so good to us. 
how often we forget. I remember what it was like. I remember what it was like being at a restaurant and I had two credit cards. And I was checking the balance on one. Hey, can you put $13 on this one and 7 on the other? And we forget how God's been so good to us. I don't mean just financially, but I mean spiritually. How He's blessed us. You know, our kids, y'all listen to me. Our kids need to hear about the miracles that God's done in our lives. Man, that'll influence them. That'll influence them. How about those times where you didn't think your marriage was going to make it? Y'all look at me. How about those times? Y'all know what I'm talking about. But yet God, man, He was faithful. Man, He came through. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of love. He's a God of grace. Listen, you never know the influence you may have on that child. You know, that's why the that's why the kids' ministry is so important to serve in. Sometimes it can seem like a drag. Sometimes it can seem, oh, man, I've got nursery again. <laughs> Christy Spann walks in the room and you go running. Deanna walks in that back door and I see ladies go like this. They're like hiding behind the seat, you know. Not me today. But, you know, you never know the influence you might have on that young person. You might have on that kid. Man, I think about some men in my life. Thank God for some of the old men of God in my life that weren't big shots. And I remember as a little boy going to these meetings and preaching, and they'd stop and they'd take time for me. They'd love on me. They'd encourage me. Man, those, that stuck with me my entire life. You don't know the influence. Man, I, I think of those Sunday school teachers I had. I think of those Christian school teachers I had. I, can, I, can, I mean, my, my first grade teacher, my second grade teacher, my third grade. I mean, they, they, they deserve a special crown in heaven if they had to teach me. I'm just telling you right now. I look back and I'm so thankful for those teachers that literally made nothing and they invested in my life. Those Sunday school teachers, those church workers. Kids will remember that. Mom and dad, you know your kids will remember just those small times where you grab their hand. And I know I don't want to make you nervous now, but some of you it's been a long time and it's awkward for you because you've never played, prayed around the altar with your family. One of the sweetest times our family has. And it's not every service. I, I, I'm weary when somebody's at the altar every service. I'm also weary when they're never at the altar. I mean, those times where I was just thinking that during our revival, Sarah was praying over me just this past Tuesday night. And I was dealing with something. I mean, just what that meant. I mean, those times with Caitlin around. I'm just telling you, our kids need to hear and they need to remember and they need to see what God's done in our lives. Can I just challenge you with this? Man, tell them about what God's done. They need to see it. If they don't see it at home, where are they going to see it? They don't see it from you. I, I can only do so much. Colin can only do so much. Man, they need to see your influence, and you could influence them for great and for good. Joshua 4, 21, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, what meaning these stones? Then shall you let your children know, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Man, maybe saying to your kids, listen, God saved me. Let me tell you what I was, and let me tell you what God did in my life. Listen, thirdly, and I just want to tell you this tonight, we're done. God is not done with this generation. I believe that with everything that's in me. I mean, I, I hear a lot of preaching. I'm in a lot of church services. I preach at a lot of youth conferences. Sometimes we're so hard on our kids, aren't we? Sometimes we can just be mean to them. And I think there needs to be some tough love. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you know what? I want to be a church. I want to be a church that invests in this next generation. I believe with everything that's in me, there's some young men sit in our church, sit in Pastor Collins' class every Wednesday night that God wants to call to preach. As a church, you know what we need to do? We need to encourage them. We need to encourage them. I know for a fact right now we have some young men that God's calling to the mission field in our youth group. We need to celebrate that here as a church. Now, I don't believe that. I remember back in the day we used to say, God's, you know, if you get called to preach, that's the greatest calling in the world. I don't believe that. 
The greatest calling in the world is whatever God's called that young person to do. If he's called them to, uh, to be a plumber and that's what God's called them to do, that's the greatest calling for their life. However, I do believe God's still calling a generation of young men to preach and ladies to serve. And Listen, we need to invest in, we need to cultivate relationships, we need to pour into the next generation so that our church doesn't fossilize and so that our church, listen, doesn't end up. I'm in churches all the time when I'm the youngest person there. Seriously. I preach in churches all the time. We're at 42 years old. Many times I'm the youngest person in that building. I remember a student revival across town. There's probably two, 300 there one night. Me and Matt were the two youngest in the room. Why is that? I don't know, but I sure don't want it to be that way. <laughs> I don't know, but I sure don't want to get there. Man, I want to believe that God isn't done in this world. Man, I want to believe that God wants to use some of our teenagers and some of our young adults and some of our youth, man, to raise up another generation that can reach their friends and reach their loved ones. And long after we're dead and gone, some other jokers up here say in the dead end road all the time. People are still getting saved. Lives are still being changed. And they remember that there was a little group of faithful people. Statesville, North Carolina, a small country church. That just decided, you know what? We're going to love the next generation. We're going to invest in the next generation. We're going to pray for the next generation. We're going to do everything we can to remind them of how good that God's been to us. I want to take just our invitation tonight as this. Matt, I want you to sing, God's been good tonight. And here's what, here's what I want to do. I want to just take this moment, and I want you to do something for me. You don't have to come to the altar. I'm not pushing for that. I don't care. But wherever you're at in this room, whether it's an altar in your seat, standing at your seat or you want to make an altar at your, your chair you want to make an altar down here I want to do two things first of all I want to pray for all of our young people can we do that tonight I want to lift them up I want to pray for all of our workers tonight that serve we have some I don't even know how many workers now that served in our children's ministry I want to pray for our nursery workers and I want to pray for our WANA workers and I want to pray for our children's director and our WANA's directors and all those that serve in the ministry I want to pray for our young people and then I want to pray for our church that will always focus. And listen, we're not here just to reach young people. We want to reach people in general. But we do want to reach young people. And we do want to see God do something special in this place. Let's stand to our feet. Matt's going to sing. You pray or your seat at the altar. This is an invitation tonight. Come on now. Think about it tonight.